When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. You know him as a longtime NFL executive. You also now hosts a podcast uh, called Make Me Smarter on iTunes and does work for Fox Sports. His name is Mike Lombardi. Mike, thank you for joining us. Oh, great. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Uh, Mike, want to start here. The Dolphins get get a, a close-up look of the at the number one overall pick in the draft this weekend on Sunday. Uh, it took a while for Jared Goff to get this opportunity. Did you think that maybe Jeff Fisher should have gone to him sooner? I don't even know if this is Jeff Fisher's decision at this point, but um, but do you think he should have gone to him sooner? And, and what do you think in terms of, uh, you know, what, what Goff might look like against Miami? Well, yeah, I do think he should have gone to him sooner. I, I think, you know, whenever you have the first pick overall, you get to choose the player. And when part of football, part of quarterbacks is they're like stadiums in baseball. You want to build your team around that player. And I think what the Rams haven't done is given him the reps or the ability to build their team around. Now they'll tell you and, in Los Angeles that part of the reason they didn't start it off is because he was so far behind in terms of offensive football, only played in the shotgun, rarely changed formations, his knowledge, his ability to command the huddle, everything he did at the line of scrimmage, it was at the line of scrimmage, it wasn't in the huddle. So I think they felt like there was a learning curve, and they actually thought they were a better team than they turned out to be. I think we all remember Jeff Fisher on inside, on Hard Knocks talking about the team being not a seven-win team or an eight-win team. So I think they felt like they had time to develop because they felt comfortable with Case Keenum. I'm not sure how they got to that point, but that's how they felt. So, uh, you know, this will be an interesting interesting game for the Rams. They can't run the football effectively. Their offense is somewhat boring. And Goff comes in, and I'm not sure he can add anything to the offense that could make it play better. Michael, you, you uh, know the rookie quarterbacks who have come in and, and at least handle the job this season from Jimmy Garoppolo to Jacoby Brissett, Dak Prescott, obviously, Carson Wentz, et cetera, et cetera. Are, are they making a statement this season saying that guys are ready younger or is this normal or is this an outlier performance? How do you look at the rookie quarterback so far? Well, I think we can only coach what the colleges give us. And the colleges have been given more pro-style passing games. And now I know the, the, the spread offenses aren't really translated all the time, but there's more throwing. There's more seven-on-seven. Seven. There's more emphasis on the passing game. There was a time when I first started the league where the wishbone was the offense du jour, and that's not the case in college football any longer. So I think kids are more prepared to play than they've ever been before coming from college. Now, there's a lot of learning, but look, Dak Prescott played in big arenas at Mississippi State. He's played Alabama. He's played against a level of comp that's high in stadiums that hold over 100,000 people. So the game's not too big for him, and I think that's another reason why they can play so early. Talking to Mike Lombardi again, he's got a podcast called Make Me Smarter. Uh, you can catch that on iTunes. Works for Fox Sports, former NFL executive. The situation in Dallas, um, no big surprise that Dak Prescott's going to be the starter going forward. But, but how does this ultimately play out with Tony Romo? Well, that's a great question. I, I think that if you're Jerry Jones, you could look at it two ways. You could use his money in terms of cap number and, and liquidate and, and put that money into other positions and try to improve the football team using the $24 million of cap room that you could get. 
otherwise, you could look at it and say, look, forget who I'm paying the money to. I have two really good quarterbacks, and if one gets hurt, I'm not going to lose anything as a football team. I'll just keep them because that was the plan all along. Draft a young quarterback when Romo's over, his career's over with, then I'll put this young quarterback in. Well, the plan got speeded up. So Jerry's in a really good situation, much like they are in New England. Same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo, really good young player. He hasn't started as many games as Dak, obviously, but I think you could see he could be a starting quarterback in the NFL. How long do they hold on to him? Will they trade him? Will they trade Brady? I think those are all good questions to have as an organization because when you have two quarterbacks, you're way ahead of the NFL because most teams don't have one. Let's go over to the Miami Dolphins for a second. You have a situation here where you started off thinking you were going to have a passing offense. You had basically four left tackles on your offensive line. Turns out your running game worked better. So what I'm asking you is, do you know that you have a system, if you're the Dolphins, that you can recruit to? In other words, do you start drafting road grader offensive linemen and, and bulky running backs? Or, what, or, or do you wait till the end of the season and see, is this the system we want to start building to? I think the best thing they've done there is, is look, the first tw- first four games of the season, I think they turned the ball over 12 times. They were minus seven in the turnover takeaway. In the last five weeks, they're plus seven. And so what they've done, and give give credit to Adam Gase and the staff, I think Chris Forrest has done, has done a magnificent job in terms of running the outside stretch play with the offensive line. And they do it pretty well, and they protect the ball. And they've changed who they are. Just like you said, they thought they were going to be a passing team with the great receivers. And God knows the Dolphins love to draft receivers. Mike Tannenbaum, the general manager, loves to draft receivers. So, you know, they had all these receivers. How do you get them the ball? And the best thing they do is run the football and then hopefully play action off of that. So I think the way for them to win games and to gain credibility in the NFL is which they've done in five and four is to continue doing what they're doing. And hopefully they can get to the point where they'll get better in pass protection. They'll get better at at making decisions at quarterback, not fumble the ball in the pocket as, as, as Ryan Tannehill has done before in the past and find ways to win in terms of being more balanced. But right now, this is the best formula. Because remember, in the NFL, it's all about avoiding losing before you can win. The first five weeks of the season, the Dolphins didn't do that. The last, they have. Mike, locally, the the, uh, the, the fan base is pretty excited. They're cautiously optimistic. Nationally, how are the Dolphins seen? Are they seen as legitimate? Are they seen as a, uh, you know, a threat to make the playoffs? How are they seen nationally? Well, I think you have to look at them seriously. I mean, look, they can run the football. I mean, I know the win against Pittsburgh. Ben got hurt in that game, but they did beat Pittsburgh down there. They've played well. I think San Diego was a great come-from-behind win for them. They turned the ball over. Their defense is playing a lot better than it was early in the season. I mean, you know, after the, after the uh, Cincinnati game, I didn't think there was much of a season for the Miami fans to have. But they're much better, and I think it's all about improvement. Do I think they're going to be a playoff team? I think it's going to be a challenge because but they're not going to win the East and they're not going to be a wild card because I think two of the wild cards are going to come from the West. So I think it's a challenge, but it's all about improvement for Miami. And I think it's all about finding the formula for success, which is what they've had. Run the football, run the outside zone, make plays in the running game, play action pass, don't turn the ball over, and make other teams beat you. And they've done a good job so far. Mike, uh, we're talking to Mike Lombardi here again, former NFL executive. You can catch his podcast, Make Me Smarter, over at iTunes. Um, there was you know, some question about the Indomitian Sioux contract because defensive tackle is not traditionally a position that you give that kind of money to because it's not it's it's not uh, you know outside pass rusher quarterback left tackle cornerback the ones that typically get that money do you think at this point that that contract is proving to be worth it for the Dolphins I 
I think it's a hard thing to do. I think whenever you pay that much money for one player in your locker room, I think there's always going to be some kind of questions that go on. And I think he's a great player and certainly deserving of the money. I think it's a lot easier if the home team pays it to him than, than when you bring a player in your locker room and do it because then everybody who's out the team, and especially when you win, I think it's more difficult to have to reward that. So for me, as an executive, I've never been of the school to really just do that. But I think, you know, that the Dolphins wanted to make a stamp, wanted to make a statement, and hopefully their defense, and they can continue to improve on defense. I think that's going to be the question mark of the Miami team as we go down the stretch. Is their defense really good enough? Can they play good enough defense when they start to play some of the teams that can move the football effectively? And I think that's going to be the question that needs to get answered. Mike, when you look, it won't at, happen this week. It won't happen this week against the Rams, right? Because, you know. <laughs> right. Hey, uh, Mike, when you look at uh, Carolina and and the up and down uh, way that they've been, uh, I believe twelve and four three years ago, um, then seven, eight and one, fifteen and one, now four and six. We regard Dave Gettleman, their g- general manager, as as having done a good job. The up-and-down performance, is that a reflection on Gettleman? Is that a reflection on the players? Is that a reflection on Ron Rivera, the coach? How how do you explain that? Well, I think as an executive, I think it's a reflection on everybody. I don't think there's one thing that happens that somebody can take credit for and then blame someone else. As an organization, it starts and ends with everyone. And I think that's how you have to look at it. I think Dave would be honest enough. I think the camaraderie they had as a team last year was unique. They were able to build on that. But the inconsistencies, the way they, you know, last night they had to make a great throw on third down to win that game because if they punt the ball back, they're going to lose the game to the Saints. So I think they've, you know, they're trying to rebuild the franchise. And I think inconsistencies are something that happens and you have to work your way through it. And it starts with the personnel getting better players. It starts with coaches. It starts with the players. All those things factor in. And it's just not rhetoric. It's just not, you know, PR talk. It's really reality. It's everybody. It's evolved. When you win, it's everybody. When you lose, it's everybody. I'm talking to Mike Lombardi, um, and most recently of the Patriots, correct, Mike? Yes. Uh, the, the consistency there uh, of the organization, I mean, now it's going back through 2001. What what can you tell us about why that is? What What is the single biggest reason for that? Because every week's a new week. Every week's a new week. There's no mantelpieces for the trophy. Nobody pats themselves on the back. No one's taking credit for the wins. It's all about the next game. It's the it's the next challenge, and it's it's very stoic. It's it's very Marcus Aurelius. It's really about how we can keep getting better, and, and ultimately there's one goal, and that's to win the Super Bowl. And so we don't talk about anything else until we get to that point, and I think that's why they're so good, and Belichick has a unique ability to block out all his distractions. I think he can focus on the task at hand better than anybody, and he doesn't let the outside indicators affect him because he's able to make the correct decisions on why you win and why you lose. That's the biggest challenge in the NFL is on Monday morning when you come in the office, a lot of people think they know why you won. A lot of people think you know why you lost, but most of the time that's usually not correct. Thank you, Mike Lombardi, for taking the time with us right, again. Guys, you can follow have me on. No problem. Uh, follow him at uh, uh, on iTunes, his podcast, Make Me Smarter. Again, he works now for Fox Sports. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.